Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Can you believe this? Looking to push tempo here, the Pelicans. Hold that follow through. That's right. This is what takes you to another level. What the Pell is up, everybody? This is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans with your host, Elliot Clough, at Elliot Clough on Twitter. Before we get started today, I'm not even going to remind you uh, to subscribe and follow and leave a rate and review. I think you you know to do that, even though I just reminded you anyway. Um, I want to start off by thanking all of you who listened, not just in this month, but overall, because we just passed a thousand months, or a thousand months. A thousand listens for the month of September, which is something we haven't done before in a single month yet. We just passed, uh, as of last night, or as of a few days ago, I should say, passed 3,200 listens total for the podcast. And I know there's other podcasts out there for you to listen to. I know there's other things for you to be doing, but I know that you also spend about half an hour every time that we record this podcast here listening to myself plus some guests that we've had in the past. So greatly appreciate every single time that you listen, every second that you're listening to this podcast. Please, please know that it does not, it is not taken for granted. Um, and I, I've been doing this for a little while. I've been doing other hosting, other radio appearances and, and such, and, and been on the radio, hosted a radio show and other podcasts. And uh, every single listen is something that I have appreciated throughout my whole life, throughout this sports media venture that uh, I'm currently on. And obviously, this is not about me. This is about the Pelicans. And this is about you, the listener. So I wanted to take a quick second and thank you for for doing that. And uh, in the meantime, you can do that, leave that rate and review, subscribe, follow, um, and tell a friend about the podcast. Obviously, very happy with with where we're at with the amount of listens and downloads that we've had these last few months. But always about growth here on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans, always trying to promote this team, this city, and you, the fan of the New Orleans Pelicans. So with that said, we're going to start today's episode not talking about the New Orleans Pelicans. This is a little bit of an NBA podcast as well, obviously. You know that uh, if you've been one of those 1,000 listeners over the last month. So NBA Finals happened last night. We saw the first game of that seven-game series between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat. Lakers taking that one last night, 116 to 98. And I'm sure you've heard plenty about the NBA last night, the finals from finals this morning, other other broadcasters, other hosts of shows. And it's a little bit later in the day, so I'm sure uh, you're ready to move on to this game too. But we got to talk about last night. I mean, the game was way uglier than the score had said. Not only did the Heat have a 13-point lead in the first quarter, the Lakers came back to the tune of holding a 32-point lead at one point in this game. I believe that was in the third quarter. AD, the former Pelican, saying it's over, it's over at one point in the third quarter, which it pretty much was. Seven minutes to go in the third quarter, and AD was convinced it was over, and that's the way it really looked basically from the second quarter on. Uh, it was tightly contested for about a quarter and a half, and then it was done. I mean, AD and Dwight were fantastic. The Lakers were just phenomenal defensively. 
and the heat looked uncomfortable and, should I say, scared. If you follow David Grubb on Twitter, you saw him pointing that out last night, and he couldn't have been more accurate. I don't agree with Grubb on everything, but that was pretty, pretty freaking true. The Heat are, I mean, we've been talking about Heat culture for so long. We've been talking about their desire to win a championship every single year, and Coach Spo and Pat Riley, and it just didn't look like that was that franchise last night. This game this game last night made it appear like the heat have never been to an nba finals in their in their organization's history that's the way the heat looked last night they did not look like the miami heat of pat riley the one of the greatest nba coaches of all time one of the greatest executives of all time and they didn't look like the team that won the title in 2006 they didn't look like the team that won the title in 2012 or 2013 or even that just made the finals in 2011 or 2014 it was just ugly, ugly basketball on behalf of the Heat. They didn't look prepared, which is not typical of a Miami Heat team. They looked afraid. They looked like they were not ready to go to face one of the greatest franchises in sports history, let alone a team that has LeBron James and former Pelican, like I said, Anthony Davis on the roster and another Hall of Famer, Dwight Howard. I mean, playoff Rondo. This... Basically, you can underestimate any other piece on this roster besides LeBron James and Anthony Davis because that's, I mean, that's what the Heat did last night. And what the Lakers took that, the Lakers took that and then hit 11 of 17 three pointers in the first half and just completely dominated them on the boards defensively. It just looked like a team that's been there before, whereas the Heat absolutely did not. And you look at the Lakers roster and it makes sense I mean they got Rajon Rondo who's been to plenty of finals in his career with the Celtics and uh, obviously now with the Lakers plenty of playoff experience from Rondo you got LeBron James who's been to nine of the last 10 finals I mean uh, Danny Green who's won two championships been to four now so two of the three that he's played in and I mean the Heat in terms of playoff experience, really have Udonis Haslam, who's 40 years old, been to a championship, been to multiple championships with the Heat, doesn't really play anymore. And then you got Andre Iguodala, who's been to the last six finals, and he did as much as he could, but he's getting up there, and he's not near as effective as he once was. So, it was just they it was just made very clear last night that the Heat were not prepared to the degree that... The Los Angeles Lakers were despite, I mean, you know, they've, they've got Spo who's coached in four NBA finals before too. And I mean, he used to be looked at as the guy who just had LeBron James, but it's clear that Spo knows what he's doing. He's a good coach. They just didn't execute last night and he's going to make adjustments. And we'll talk about that in a second, but the two other things that made it very clear that the heat were not ready to go last night was that two of their most important players in Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero really looked uncomfortable, really looked scared. So collectively, the team kind of looked that way, but that was Tyler Hero and Duncan, Duncan Robinson's really the essence that they were giving off last night. This was the vibe. This was their way of moving around the court. I mean, they just didn't look like they were confident. They didn't look like they were 
ready to go like they have basically all season. Tyler Hero, a pretty confident rookie. Duncan Robinson, a former D3 guy, a guy who was never who wasn't drafted, who made a ton of three-point shots this season. And they looked great basically the entire season when they've been healthy, when they've been ready to go, when they've been ready to come off the bench or start. And in this NBA Finals, in this game last night, I think some of you are going to really understand this on an emotional level because I've been there before, different circumstances, but I've been there before. And you're going to understand what I'm about to say here right now. Duncan and Tyler Hero looked, they looked like the kid who's good on JV, confident on JV, comfortable on JV. And then gets his first minutes on varsity and just doesn't want to make a mistake. Terrified to make a mistake. This is the guy who gets the ball and immediately looks to pass. Not in Alonzo ball kind of way, but so I don't fumble it, turn it over, put up a bad shot, make a bad decision, etc. It was pass me the ball. Oh my God, I don't want to hold it. Get rid of somebody else. Somebody else who's confident. Jimmy Butler. Take it. Bam Adebayo, take it. Andre Godala, Jay Crowder, take it. And for how important these two were, I mean, this is a shooter's league. We know that. We've known that for years now. We've known that since Steph Curry basically came out of the woodwork. No, he didn't. But when he really started to emerge as a star, that's when it became a shooter's league. Therefore, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero have to play well for the Heat to win this series. They just do. I mean, your other shooters are Jay Crowder, who's... I mean, he's a good shooter, but he's not fantastic. Andre Godala can hit a shot from time to time. Jimmy Butler's not a three-point shooter. We know that, even though he hit some last night. Kendrick Nunn came in and played quality minutes, scored 18 points, but it was when it was garbage time. So quality minutes might not be the right description. I mean, who else is going to shoot on this team? Bam's not a great shooter. He's hurt. Goran Dragic is hurt. There's just so little confidence on this team at this very moment. And unless Spo does something to instill that confidence or Jimmy Butler does something to instill that confidence, as one of the veterans does, sits him down and says, look, I, I, we need you. We need you. And there's only so much I can do for your confidence, but just know that we are confident in you and that we want you to be successful. If that doesn't happen, Heat could lose in four. Heat could lose in five. This just wasn't the Heat team that we've seen all season. So with all of that said, am I worried about the Heat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am worried about the Heat. But there is hope if you happen to be a Heat fan that's listening to a Pelicans podcast and didn't <laughs> are tired of hearing all the negative maybe you'll get some positive here spo has that finals experience pat pat riley's there he's been there before he can instill wisdom to this team if if there's anything spo's a tactical genius too we know jimmy buckets is a killer he's done it before he's a savage the heat will make adjustments i mean after all i said it at the beginning Spo is not Coach Bud, believe it or not. He will make adjustments. Things will change. I think you could see it on his face last night that he knew they 
were wrong from the get-go. There were things that they didn't account for. And he will make adjustments and play differently tomorrow night. Plus, also, some people take this seriously. I tend to take it a little more seriously, probably than the average person. I don't think it's going to change the series by any means, but I don't think it's going to be drastic in terms of changing the series, I should say. The Heat could have laid down and died last night. They totally could have. Could have lost by 40. Basically basically what the Pels did against the Clippers in the seeding games. Uh, and too soon? Yeah, it hurts me too. They didn't. The Heat did not do that. They got it down to 18, finished the game just under 18, and it wasn't too ugly. They, I mean, they kept fighting. 18 is not, you know, ideal. <laughs> Obviously, you want to win the game. But it wasn't horrible at the end. They were still fighting. So give them that. I mean, it was guys off the bench still, but give them that. And I think Miami will bounce back on Friday. I think they will bounce back on Friday. To the tune of winning the game? Maybe not. Probably not. But I think it will definitely be more of a game. We will see confident Miami Heat players, even with the injuries. I mean, Bam's going to play. Goran Dragic hasn't been ruled out for the series, but he probably won't play on Friday. And he's huge for scoring for them. So we'll see where that goes. Size will probably continue to be a problem. But I think that the Heat will bounce back in terms of being competitive in this one. Could they lose by 10 plus? They could. They could. I don't think it's going to be 18 this time. I think it'll be much closer, much more competitive throughout the game. Do I still take the Lakers on Friday? Yeah, I think so. But it will be a good game. Now, to more Pelican stuff for the day. Well, hopefully. Well, I don't know. There's there's different ways to put that. And, and I will leave you to decide as to how this topic can be designated. More reports, a report specifically from Adrian Wojnarowski today that Doc Rivers is now the favorite for the coaching position in Philadelphia. No offer extended from the Philadelphia front office, but Woj did say he has emerged as a, quote, serious candidate after the front office and ownership met with Doc Rivers in Philadelphia this week. Meanwhile, the Pelicans have yet to interview a single person, and more on that later. In an initial report from Mark Spears, we heard the Pels and the Sixers expressed interest immediately after the word got out that Doc would be moving on from the Clippers. And look, there's been a lot of negativity on this podcast <laughs> As of late, and on my on my Twitter feed, as of late too, in terms of how little the Pels have done to make advancements on the coaching position, we haven't heard much. And with the names that have come up on the coaching search, it's been tough to stay positive. When when your team is being linked to names like Jason Kidd and Mark Jackson, that sucks. It really sucks. I don't think any of us like it. Who wants Jason Kidd to be the next head coach of the Pelicans? Who wants Mark Jackson to be the next head coach of the Pelicans? Other than maybe, I don't know, the betting websites and such? Because they've been saying it. I mean, Fletcher 
said it. Fletcher Mackle, Mackel, Fletcher. Fletcher said it. You know who I'm talking about. Fletcher tweeted out a, a thing about Jason Kidd being the guy for the Pelicans, and that's what he's hearing from a solid NBA source is what he said. So, and I mean, the Pelicans appear to not, I mean, to be the only team not holding interviews. I mean, the Pacers interviewed 20 coaches. 20! And the Sixers have made it clear to Doc that he is a priority in their hiring process. I mean, at some point, something's got to happen, right? The season starts on Christmas at the earliest and probably early January. We're in October. Today's October 1st, and three months is not a lot to prepare for an NBA season. I mean, what do we usually get? July, part of January. I mean, well, for the Pelicans, usually sooner, quite a bit sooner than that, whenever the regular season ends. And then up to November. So, three months, not a lot of time. It is a short off season. And I mean... Pels should have made a move at least by now to it to at the very least schedule a damn interview. Schedule one. What? Specifically with Doc Rivers, at the very least. He's a former champion who has coached championship level teams and is well respected throughout the league. You heard me say all that already. But something has got to happen. Come on. We're having Ollie Cosell on later this, uh, probably on Friday to record. We'll see when that podcast gets out. But to basically talk me down, because the guys from Propel's Talk got me all jazzed up about the lack of hiring a coach right now. I'm kind of freaking out. I'm sure you're kind of freaking out, especially with Doc Rivers probably going to be off the market here soon. Billy Donovan's already been hired. Those are two of my top four or five guys Right now, it's going to be dwindled down if Doc Rivers gets hired elsewhere. It's going to be dwindled down to Jerry Stackhouse and Kenny Atkinson. Who the frick knows if Jerry Stackhouse is actually available? He hasn't made a statement about that, whether or not. Kenny Atkinson, probably going to be the guy for for development purposes. Other than that, it's going to be Sam Cassell. And, I mean, I genuinely really don't know that much about Sam Cassell. I know a lot of other guys in the Pels circle are high on him, so I could see it. I, I like it. He's been under Doc Rivers. He's coached with Ty Lue this last year. He's very good on keeping players accountable on the bench. But in order for that to happen, you probably should interview some freaking people, huh? I mean, Philly's interviewed... Ty Lue, and in the meantime, Ty Lue is emerging as the favorite to replace Doc Rivers in Los Angeles. So, I mean, <laughs> so, something's something's got to come to fruition here soon. It just has to. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what. I, that's it. I just don't know. I, obviously, some things. I mean, you probably saw my exchange with Ali on on Twitter as well. They've had to have some sort of informal meetings with coaches. They've got to know who their top guys are. And if Doc Rivers is one of them, if he is the top guy, not only should they bring him an interview, they should have him be offered a contract. Say, sign the dotted line here. You can have whatever the frick you want. Have the rights to my first birth child. I do not care. But he should be brought in at the very least for an interview before 
the freaking Sixers can get him because this is just ridiculous. With all of that said, Tyloo's gonna he's been interviewed by Philadelphia. He's the favorite to replace Rivers in Los Angeles, but apparently at the end of this Doc Rivers article, apparently Woj said that the Pels are planning to interview Lou, quote, in the near future, whatever the frick that means, because we've been hearing, I mean, we've been talking about this hiring process basically since the season ended, because that's pretty much when Gentry was let go, and the Pels haven't done any formal formal interviews, so who's to say if it's actually going to happen? Who's to say if Ty Lue doesn't accept the Clippers job in the meantime? Because, I mean, why wouldn't Ty Lue take that gig? Like, he's been coaching there for a year now. It's freaking L.A. He'd be able to get basically any coaching staff that he wants because it's L.A. and because that team is so good. I mean, look at the roster. Like, you can say the team isn't that good because of their finish this last year, which is fair. I mean, they were up 3-1 on the Nuggets, but they have Kawhi Leonard. They will possibly have Paul George going into the future. They got a bunch of pieces. They don't have draft picks, which sucks, but... If they want to trade some pieces and get draft picks, you can get them. I mean, <sighs> why interview a guy who's already got interest from two places, who's interviewed two places, more than likely? I mean, he's at least the favorite in L.A. Like, bring him in, try to wow him, maybe poach him from the other two teams. I don't know. I guess I get it. There's a connection between Griff and, and Lou. I, I get that. But man, to be a little less negative, at least they're hiring somebody, or at least they're interviewing somebody, you know? Like, at least they could just say, eh. they could just not interview him. I mean, at least they're going to interview him. There's been a lot of negativity. There's a, It's really easy to be negative as a Pelicans fan, and I apologize if this adds the negativity of your day. They're interviewing somebody. Let's roll with that. Let's Let's roll with that. They're interviewing Ty Lue. Ty Lue is a championship head coach. He's coached LeBron. We'll give him that. We'll give him that, and we'll continue to roll with the punches. Again, we'll have Ali Cosell on on Friday. Whether it'll be least released, the show will be released on Friday. We'll, we'll keep you posted. Um, I want the Pels to hire a coach, but I also want this podcast to be done in time. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. But yeah, I, I think Ali will restore some positivity to the podcast, to, to these conversations that we've been having. Uh, so, so stay tuned for that tomorrow on the podcast. We will have Cyrus Sotsaz. I want to say is how you pronounce his last name. He is a co-host of the warriors 24 pod with Rick Berry, formerly of the Huffington post and the San Francisco gate SF gate and USA today covering the warriors. So Cyrus is a, well uh, seasoned guy in terms of the Warriors. We're, what we're going to be doing is continuing through holiday trade series, talking a little bit about the vantage point of the Warriors. So stick around for that. That'll be coming out tomorrow. So you're basically getting two podcasts back to back. Appreciate you tuning in today. Once again, Pels fans, before you go, go follow at Elliot Clough on Twitter. Check out the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, leave a rate and review. Do it! Do that wherever you're listening to this podcast. 
Also, go check out Believe on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can check out their website, Believe.com. Also, they're basically on every single podcasting platform, so you can check them out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you're listening to this podcast right here. Also, make sure to go check out The Bird Rights, SB Nation's Pelicans affiliate. Writers include guys like Ali Cosell, David Grubb, Chris Connor, Kevin Berrios, Preston Ellis, all of whom have been guests on this podcast before. Go follow at Elliot Clough on Twitter. Leave that rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and we will see you later, Pels fans. Once again, I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.